is really my favorite time of the year. Anybody with me on that? It's just a, a favorite time. I, I love the lights. I love the decorations. And doesn't the church look awesome? I'm telling you, everybody who helped with that, uh, everywhere around, it, it just looks beautiful, so awesome looking. But I love the decorations, love the lights. I, I love the songs of the season as well. Love Christmas music. And hey, who doesn't love presents, right? Uh, that's kind of fun as well. I don't know how it works in your family, but I know in our family we uh, draw names. And so what we'll do is we'll make up lists uh, of our own, and then we'll seal them in an envelope, and then we'll put man or male or female on them, and then the ladies draw for each other, and, and the guys draw for each other. And then you take that list and you go shopping for that person. And, you know, over the years, we've gotten a little bit more specific, you know, as far as now taking photos of the item and a photo of the tag so you have the right SKU number and everything so that, you know, this is the one I want uh, to, to have for Christmas. And so it's all kind of fun, and we enjoy uh, doing that. But I remember a few years ago, uh, I had written down a particular sweater. My wife and I were out shopping. I saw the sweater. She liked it, and that's always good. And so then after it met her approval, and she said it would be cool and not some uh, goofy-looking thing that I was going to be in, then uh, I wrote it down. And put it on my list. She said, yeah, you should put that on your list. So I put it on my list. And, and, and so we did our draw. And uh, my sister, uh, my brother-in-law actually drew my name. And so that actually meant my sister was going to go shopping. Right? And so uh, she went shopping and on. So then we get to Christmas Eve because we do our gift exchange in our family like that on Christmas Eve. And so Christmas Eve comes, and sure enough, there's this box that, you know, it looks like it's about the size that could hold a sweater. And so I get this box and open it up, and it's a sweater, but it's not the sweater. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay, I, I thought I was specific, but, you know, I don't know, maybe they ran out, or whatever. Oh, this is so awesome. You know what you do. And, and so... Um, <laughs> So then I, oh, thank you, you know, it's great. And, and so then I, I went home thinking, you know, I don't know what happened, how she got confused or whatever. And all. But the next day, I think was Sunday or a couple days later, and here at church was my nephew in my sweater. And I'm like, what is up with that, you know? That's a nice sweater. That's my sweater. That's what that is. And so I guess what had happened is she wrapped things at the same time and got the boxes confused. And so she had given him uh, this, this box that had my sweater in it, and I got his sweater. And so he got to wear my sweater first. Um, I didn't get him back and wear his, but uh, anyway, we, we swapped out and everything was good uh, after that. But I don't, I don't know, have you ever had 
times where you asked for something for Christmas and it didn't, didn't materialize? Huh? Some of you still need therapy over that. Uh, but I'll tell you what's worse than not getting what you want for Christmas is not, wanting, not getting what you want in life. You know, that job that you thought was yours and he got it or she got it. Or the promotion that you thought you were next in line, only you were skipped. Or, or perhaps it's the person that you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with and then they decided you weren't the one for them and they found somebody else pretty quickly afterwards. You know, a lot of things can happen in our lives and, and, and it's tough uh, when, when those things happen. But what I want to talk to you about today and over the next few weeks are miracles that God can do in the midst of some of the darkest moments of our lives. And, and, and you know, when you hear miracle, I don't know what emotions that might stir up for you, but for some here, it may stir up anticipation because maybe you believe you've received a miracle before. You've had a miracle before, and so the thought of miracles excites you because you think, maybe I'm going to have another one. Yeah, maybe God, the God who can do miracles is going to do one for me. A miracle still can happen in my life, and so you have great anticipation. But for some of you, it may be more frustration or it may be skepticism because you may be like, well, you know, does God even do those things today? Yeah, does, do miracles really happen? Does God even still hear and answer prayer? Or is there even still a God? Uh, was there even a God? And, and so you may have, you know, different thoughts about, you know, and if there is a God, does he care about me personally? I think he has some favorites, but I don't think I'm one of them. And, and perhaps thinking about miracles, you think, well, maybe those will happen for somebody else. But for the next month, at least, here's what I'd like for us to end this year with. Can a miracle happen for you? Could it be that God, maybe, at the end of this year, wants to do something beyond what you would comprehend and do something specific and strategic even in your life? You know, a lot of us may define miracle as something that defies the laws of nature. In other words, somebody gets a diagnosis that looks absolutely hopeless. There, there's no way this person will recover. Only they do recover. And they do keep living and they do keep going. Well, and they actually get better. And everyone around says this, it must be a miracle. It must be a miracle because nothing else could do this. So let's define miracle as something beyond our ability to do. It's something beyond what we could do on our own. And when you think about that, then it could be a relationship that's restored. You know, I've known people before that I thought they'll never get back together. 
You ever known anybody like that? Only I've watched them get back together. And I've got a word for that. That's a miracle. <laughs> that there is a miracle. And, and I've seen people who, you know, they weren't qualified. They weren't the most qualified for a job. There, there were other people who had, had higher abilities and different things. Yet, that person got the job. And that's a miracle. I've seen people who were financially constrained and it seemed like, you know, they weren't going to be able to pull out of this one and, and, all, and yet somehow they get a check they weren't expecting. They, they get notified that, you know, there, there's this reimbursement that had got missed over and sometimes it's even from years in the past. And I've known people where miraculous things have happened to them financially. So... I believe a miracle is when God does something you can't do on your own. When God does something. So let's just define that this morning. That a miracle for this month, a miracle for God to do in your, in your life would be something that you can't do on your own. And if that's the case, here's what I believe. And here's my prayer for you and it's my prayer for me. That God will do one of those, God will do a miracle in our lives, in your life, in my life, but that God will also do a miracle through my life and through your life to somebody else. Does that sound all right? To, to pray for one to come in our lives and through our lives. So how do we ask God for a miracle. How, how do we get positioned for God to do a miracle in our lives? Well, I want us to look at the prequel to the Christmas story. Everybody like prequels? Okay, this, this is like, the, you, you thought the story, you knew the story, but no, there's a before the story, you know? There's a before the story. And so today we're going to see the prequel to the Christmas story. We'll talk about the Christmas story this month. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get to that. But this is the story in the Bible in Luke chapter 1 that sets up Luke chapter 2 where the Christmas story is at. This is the one that gets us ready for Christmas. And it involves a couple it involves these two people, and it's not Mary and Joseph. That's the Christmas story. This is before the Christmas story. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, we, we've got it printed for you in your handout, and then also we'll have it up on the screen. But let me introduce you to the two people we're going to look at today. They are Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah and Elizabeth, the Bible says this about them. They were faithful. They were faithful. I mean, day in, day out. Don't you want more faithful people in your life, right? I mean, they're the people who show up, you know? Not just say I'll show up, you know? You got some of those, right? And then they come up with an excuse or reason or, oh, you know, we're not going to be able to make it. I know you bought $400 worth of groceries, but we can't come over now or whatever. And you're like, seriously? You know, and, and these are not those people. 
These are, are the people, when they say they'll show up, they'll show up. I mean, day in, day out, they are faithful. They are solid. And they need a miracle. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. And here's what it says. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. There he is. He's a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth, look at this, were righteous in God's eyes. In other words, they, they got up every day and said, what's the right thing to do? Don't you want more of those people too? You know, every day they just thought, well, what's the right thing to do? What, what's the right thing here? Let's do the right thing. And, and so every day they were like that. They were careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. And they were both very old. The Bible adds a little extra commentary here and says not only could they not have kids, but now they're older as well. But Zechariah, just to get a little bit of a familiarity with Zechariah, he kind of did what I do. Uh, in America, he would be classified as clergy. He was a clergy person. He was in ministry, uh, in the Lord's service. And every day, he was faithful. He wanted to know God better. He wanted to know God more. He wanted to please God. And so every day, he's serving God. His wife is like that too. Uh, she comes from a ministry background, the Bible says. And so her heart was toward ministry. And they are just faithful people, but they are faithful people dealing with a difficult situation. Just because they're faithful doesn't mean everything's going to go all right. Hello? Just because they show up at church and do everything doesn't mean everything's going to go all right. And so I can relate to this because for 10 years uh, we had tried to have children. So I can so relate to Zachariah and, and his wife because uh, for 10 years we tried to have kids. And we'd watch other people have kids and everything. And, and we actually knew how to have kids. We knew what needed to be done. You know, it wasn't that. It wasn't lack of knowledge and, and, and all. And, and it wasn't... I I didn't want to practice or whatever, but, you know, it just, it just wasn't, wasn't happening for us. And so if you're here today and, and, and that's not happening for you, I can, I can totally get that. And it's hard, and, and it may not be babies maybe, but it may be uh, businesses you're wanting to launch. And other people launch them and they go well. And yours went bankrupt. Or other people get well and you just feel more sick. And so it's tough, and, and, and so for decades now, not, not just a few years, okay, for decades probably the Bible is insinuating here that this couple have been married and unable to have children. Just decade after decade after decade, and so now they're very old, probably past childbearing years, you know, it just doesn't seem likely that it's going to happen uh, and, and so, as a result, uh, the thought of having children at this point would just seem impossible. It just seemed like, well, you know, we'll just love on other people's kids. You know, or, or we're in ministry, 
And so it's like we have spiritual children, you know? And, and so that's good enough, you know? And, and it's okay, and, and it'll be all right. And, and so here they are, and it's in the impossible situations that God does His greatest work. That, that's where God can take that situation and make something happen. And here's how it starts. It begins on a specific day. And if you don't know Jewish tr tradition, let me just help you out. Here, here's how it kind of worked. They, they would do this, this random picking and choosing among the priesthood of people. And they would say, okay, one of us this year gets to go in to the Holy of Holies. All right? And, and here's who it's going to be. Zachariah. And it was like Zachariah hit the spiritual lottery, you know? I mean, oh my gosh, most of these guys don't even get to go into the Holy of Holies because that's what he was going to get to do. He was going to get to go where no human got to go all year long. But one day, one person for the whole nation could go in past where anyone else could go and go into what was called the Holy of Holies where they believed God's presence came in to that place. And, and so he, that day, was chosen. Are you kidding me? I get to do this. It's so awesome. And he goes in there and he has an encounter that will forever change his life. Because he encounters an extraterrestrial, all right? He encounters an angel of the Lord, the Bible says. Let's look at it in Luke chapter 1, verse 13. Here's what it says. But the angel said, don't be afraid. Why does the angel say that? Because everybody freaks out when they see an angel, okay? That's just automatic. Over and over through the Bible, every time an angel shows up, first words are, fear not, because you fear when you see an angel, all right? You get freaked out. And so he says, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Listen to this. Oh, this is awesome. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He is going to be not just a son, because that's awesome already, right? I mean, these people have been waiting a long time for this. But not only are you going to have a son, you're going to have a great son. Because this son, your boy, is going to set the stage for the greatest entrance into humanity that humanity has ever known. Because God, the God, the creator of the sun and the universe is coming down personally in human form, and your son is going to get it ready. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's awesome, huh? I, I mean, your son is going to do this. And so 
God sets up the impossible situation so he can make it possible. What do we learn from this couple? Here's the first thing to write down. Is we learn this. Don't give up before God shows up. I said don't give up before God shows up. You, you don't give up until God shows up. Have you ever wanted to quit? Huh? You ever wanted to quit something? Have you ever wanted to quit a job? I, maybe not the one you've got now, but, but you know, hopefully. But, but maybe, I remember, I think it was my first job. I was a janitor in the school that I went to. And, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I was cleaning this elementary school, and I was in high school, and I thought, I used to pee in this, you know? And now I'm cleaning it, you know? And I remember everybody didn't have good aim and all that. You know, we don't need to get into all that, do we? But it, it was like, I'm, you know, I've got it. Okay, I'll clean all that and everything. And I was doing all that, and I wanted to quit day one. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't have the worst job in the world, right? I didn't have the worst job in the world. There are some other jobs that are worse than that. Look at this, what I saw on the Internet this week. Yeah, armpit sniffer, right? Who would like to do that job? You know. Okay, what's the next one? Okay, yeah, it, it can get worse, can't it? And for me, here, here's my personal uh, most fearful job. Yeah, I, I, no way that you can get me out there doing that. Now, I know there's moments in your life where you want to quit. We all can feel that way at times. And maybe you want to quit even praying because sometimes when you're praying and asking God to change a situation and it's not changing, then you think, God, what's the deal? You know, I even told you how to do it, right? <laughs> you know, I gave you step A, B, C, you know, I've already got it figured out how to pull this off. You know, you don't even have to think it through, God. All you got to do is, you know, do your thing, you know. And, and then it, it'll be awesome. And, and so we can try. What happens is we get into problems when we try to relate to God like we would relate to Santa. And we think, okay, I'm going to give you my list. And I want you to make it come true. And I want you to make it come true by Christmas or whatever. Or next week. Or I need it to happen tonight. And God often, how many know this, doesn't work on our timeline. And the reason why is because God knows better. How many of you, you prayed, maybe you prayed for her to call you back and she didn't call you back and you're like, God, seriously, what's the deal here? And then you realized, oh, God had an upgrade, you know, right? You know, because then you got with somebody later and you're like, oh, thank God he didn't answer that prayer. Have you ever been there? Huh? You're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, you, you had something better in mind. 
And, and maybe it's a job. Maybe it was a move you wanted to make. And God knew, man, the economy's going to tank here in a little bit. And you will go down with it if you do that. And God has spared you different things because God didn't do it on your timetable. And here's the thing is God often does it better than I would expect. God even does it better because God shows up in a miraculous way. I was telling the first service, we have a couple, and they were here in the first service. Their daughter's name was Zoe, and she got so sick. And they took her down to Riley, and, and they were trying to figure out what was going on. And they finally decided it was some kind of, like, Wilson's disease. And, and they said, oh, she's going to need a transplant. She's gonna, we're going to have to take out her liver. And, we're gonna, and he was just, oh, you know, and so uh, distraught. You know how it is when your kids get sick, you know? And, and you just... I wish I could be sick for them, you know. I wish I could take that on. And so he was there day and night, and then it came, I was burdened for them. We were praying for them as a church, you know. But, but I was thinking, you know, this Sunday we'll just try and maybe lift them up specially to the Lord. And he showed up at church. He just felt like, I, I'm not going to stay here 24-7 today. I'm going to go to church. I just feel like I need to go to church. And so he came here and was sitting back here. And I said, hey, uh, you know, we were going to pray for uh, this daughter, Zoe, today. But I, some of you that are around this family, just surround them. And some of you that maybe were here that day, remember that. And, and just laid hands on them, prayed over them. And you know what? He went back to the hospital. Of course, they were encouraged with everyone's prayers and stuff like that. But nothing changed. Nothing changed. The diagnosis didn't change. They said, still we're talking about doing this transplant and different things. And, and he just wrote me this last week. And I said, it was so timely that you would reach out and, and Facebook me and send me this message or this reminder that happened a year and a half ago. Because ultimately what happened, let me just fast track this. They found out that because this is a hereditary disease, they tested the other two children, found out they had it too. So had Zoe not been diagnosed... And, and gone to the hospital, the other two would have gotten really bad sick uh, and even sicker because some, they were younger. And, and so as a result of the discovery of her sickness, it gave a miracle really for the other two. Uh, so that they could be diagnosed early and helped all the more early. But the good news is, is she's still being, uh, you know, examined and everything. But she never did have to have that transplant uh, because of the prayers of people just reaching out to God. And, and, and the, the Mayo Clinic where they go now uh, can't figure out why they never had the transplant. They just think, you know, it's amazing that you never had that transplant. And I don't know what story you have. I heard another one after service. I don't have time to tell it today. I heard one last Sunday. If God does a miracle, and I'm believing that he will in your life, your home, your family, please reach out to me, email me, whatever, your miracle story this month. I would love to hear it. I don't know if I'll be able to share all of them with our church family and, and, and wouldn't need to, but, but I would love to hear it and to hear what miracles God is doing in your life because here's what I want you to know. Miracles shine the best when life gets the darkest. When life gets the darkest... Those miracles are amazing. And if you're here today and you say, well, Craig, that's great for somebody, uh, but, you know, I've been too bad, or I've made too many mistakes, or I've gone too far, 
or I've done this. Let me tell you something. You cannot go too far, be too bad, too whatever, beyond what God's grace and mercy and love can reach down to where you are and lift you up to where he wants you to be. All right? So he can do that in your life. So don't give up. If you are financially struggling, don't give up. If you are physically hurting, don't give up. If you've been relationally devastated, do not give up. If that job opportunity went to somebody else, don't give up on God. If you have been betrayed by somebody who should have been there for you and promised even to you that they would be, but they didn't, and and they turned against you, I'm telling you, don't give up on God. If the whole flipping world turns against you and comes after you and speaks against you, Don't you dare give up on God. Don't give up before God shows up in your life. Because he will show up in your life. The harder it gets, the more fertile the ground for God to do a miracle. And here's the next thing to write down is really trust God. Really trust God. Because doubt can come in. But here's the God that I believe in. I believe in the God who is revealed in Scripture. The God who says this in Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. James chapter 4, verse 2 says, You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not have. Ask God. God wants to hear your prayer. God wants to answer your prayer. The God that we serve is a prayer answering God. And he's up in heaven saying, come on, come on, trust me, believe me, give me your impossible, give me your tough situation, and just see if I'm not tougher than your situation is. Amen. Oh, he is. He is. And so here's the thing. And and I got to wrap this up. The angel says, we heard your prayer. And this so reminds me of a story that I grew up hearing about Daniel. And and how that uh, Daniel prayed to God and nothing happened. And 21 days passed and nothing happened. And then finally an angel shows up. And of course, don't freak out. And then he says, we heard you on the first day. And you're like, well, then, dude, you're late, you know. I mean, you're thinking that. You know, how many have ever felt like God was late? But God wasn't late. He says, we heard you on the first day. And and he says to Zechariah, you know what? We heard you a long time ago. To which Zechariah would think, well, then why didn't you come through then? Why didn't you make it happen? But I'm here to tell you that God has perfect timing. When Jesus was born, it was right 
on time. And John the Baptist, that's who this guy's going to be that they're going to give birth to. He is right on time with God's timing of what God wanted to do. And that's the next thing to write down is wait on God's timing. Wait on God's timing. Because it says at the proper time, you're going to have a son. The Bible says in the fullness of time, God sent his son, Jesus. Now to the Jewish people, it looked like he was at least 400 years late. Because there was a 400 year gap between the last prophet that's recorded in the Old Testament and the arrival of Jesus. What a dark time. It's like God's forgotten about us. 400 years since we've heard from him. 400 years since we've had a legitimate prophet walk the earth. And yet, at the fullness of time, God sent his son. And so you can just imagine when this is going to happen. I, I mean, it, there would be some doubt, right? Let's just be honest. I mean, I mean, even if an angel shows up and says, hey, you know, we're going to take care of this. God's going to do this great thing. God's going to send you a son. I know it sounds physically impossible, but, you know, trust me on this. And they'd be like, okay. And, and so as a result, Zechariah can't speak. He's mute when he comes out. And for nine months of pregnancy with Elizabeth, he cannot speak. To which some of you moms might say, oh, may God do that in our home, you know. I don't know. But anyway, when doubt comes in, here's the point. Listen to this. When doubt comes in, it robs you of your voice. When doubt comes in, it robs you of your voice. You are unable to speak in faith like you were before. And a spiritual miracle in the meantime is taking place. Let me, let me just wrap this up with these final verses in verse 23. Here's what it says. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. Went into seclusion for five months because this is just crazy what's going on. How kind, though, she says, the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children because in that culture, if you couldn't have kids, something's wrong with you. What's wrong with you? Because God blesses the fruit of the womb. So if your womb's not blessed, if there's no fruit from it, then there must be something wrong with your life. There must be some sin in your life. I don't know if you've ever had somebody do that horrible thing to you of that guilt trip kind of thing. I don't know if somebody's told you something about yourself that wasn't even true or they've told you, you know, you're this or you're that and maybe it was on a playground uh, 20 years ago or 25 years ago and somehow that word stuck to your soul and it attached itself to you and you've walked life feeling like, ooh, I feel, or maybe it's a choice you made at some point, and people found it out, and then they shamed you. Said, wow, I, would a man of God do that? Would a woman of God do that? And you know it's always on their minds, and they're always, you know, uh, kind of, you know, saying things here and there about it. And, and you felt the shame of that. 
And Elizabeth had decades of shame. But look at what it says. It says, he has freed me from my shame. And I am here to announce to every person who has ever felt the shame of sin, whether you caused it or somebody else caused it, it doesn't matter how it came into your life. What matters is today there is a God who is able to take away the shame. He is able to take away the guilt. He is able to lift that label off of you and take it away and give you a new label today. Saved, free, born again, a child of the living God, a son, a daughter of God himself, liberated by the power of God's Holy Spirit. I think I could about preach today if somebody helped me here this morning. My goodness. All right, I need to wrap this up. Here's the thing. I want us in this month to believe God for a miracle. A miracle in your life and in the life of somebody else. There's a card in your handout today that says, A Christmas miracle I'm praying for. Take that card out because here's what I want you to do. We're not going to collect these. This is for you. Here's what I want you to do. And I'd love it if everybody would do this this month. Write down two things. Number one is what miracle you're believing for. I'm believing for a miracle in my life, in my family, that God's going to do. What's your miracle? What's your miracle that you want God to do? Just write it down and then to begin to pray over it every day. And then, secondly, who can you be a miracle too? Who could God use in your life to reach for him? I don't know who it is. It may be a neighbor. And you think, why do I keep thinking about that neighbor? Or it may be someone at, at school, a student. And, and you think, you know, their locker's just down for mine. I see them all the time, you know. Why is it I keep thinking about, you know, talking to them or whatever? What's, what's that about? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody. Maybe it's someone you're going to meet in the next three weeks. Think about it. That you could invite to Christmas Eve services here at Crossroads. I always try, and I tell you guys this, and I, I, I try to live by it. I try to keep a card or a few cards in my wallet at all times. If I give out that last card, I'm like in panic mode. I, I got to get some more. You know, I, I don't leave home without it. I, I want to be ready that if God opens a door for me to invite someone to this church, I want to be able to resource them say here's the service times we've got these cards we've got hundreds of them you just take them and hand them out to whomever it is because God may use you to be the Christmas miracle for somebody else and let me tell you something there's nothing like knowing you've been used of God to draw somebody else into the kingdom of God am I right 
I mean, when, when that happens, it could be the best Christmas gift to you ever that God uses you to reach somebody else. When that server walks in Christmas Eve service, when that neighbor comes with you to Christmas Eve service, when that friend, when that relative, when that person that you just met at Walmart because the line was so long, you know, you finally start talking to them. And, and the next thing you know, you invited them to Crossroads. And then they show up. I mean, that's the kind of miracle that you can be to someone else. Let's pray. Father, in this month of miracles, as we think about Christmas and the grand invasion of heaven on earth, May we be used to bring some of heaven on earth through our life, bringing someone else along. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want God to use my life as a miracle blessing to somebody else if some word I can say if some invite I can share if some card that I hand them can be used to reach them for the kingdom of God I want to be used how many are with me on that you'd raise your hand this morning and say yes I want God to use my life hands all over this room Father in heaven I pray that you will look down and see people ready ready to be used of you ready to be a miracle to somebody else. And God, I know that sometimes it just takes courage. It takes boldness. It, it takes finding our moment. But when the fullness of time came, you sent your son. And maybe the fullness of time for us to invite that other person is right now. And so God, may we not miss our moment. Maybe you're here today, others of you, and you'd say, Craig, when you talk about God and a relationship with Him. It sounds good, but I don't have that in my life. If I was totally honest today, I, I don't feel connected to God, but I want to feel connected to Him. I, I want to have Him in my life. I, I want to press in and know the God of the universe and if he could forgive me today take away all the shame all the guilt of my life and give me a new birth a new start a new beginning I want that for my life today if that's you here this morning would you just raise your hand right now and say yes that's me yes raising both hands over here God bless you over here God bless you guys anybody else Back toward the back over here. God bless you. All right, hands all over this room in different sections. So we're going to pray right now, church family. I'd like for everybody to pray this prayer. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but today I want to start over. So please wash away my shame. Wash away my guilt. Give me a new start. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Praise him for that. Oh, it doesn't get any better than that. If you prayed that prayer and and accepted Christ into your life, we want to help you to grow in faith with Him. And any way we can do that, we want to help you to do that. Right now, I'm going to ask us all to stand.